Hi, and welcome to Fido, an audio adventure into fiction, folklore, and fairy tales. I'm John, your host, and thanks for dropping in. And we're back. I hope you're all caught up and ready to go, because now that we're here, the sky is the limit. To kick things off for the newly refocused Fido, I'm starting with a story that I wrote in collaboration with Bob Dawn, a name that should be familiar to my listeners by now. If you don't know Bob, he's the host of Bob's Short Story Hour, as well as a co-creator of Hidden Oaks, a serial horror podcast set in and around a seemingly innocent public park in Minnesota. Both shows are fantastic, and so is Bob, so check them out. Now, Bob and I were chatting about oral storytelling and what it adds to a story, and whether and if we've lost some dynamic in the written and recorded word. And then he had an idea. He gave us, over at the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative, a prompt in the form of a photo of a gigantic stone in an old-growth forest near his home. The boulder, at some point in the unknowable past, has been split directly down the middle and now rests there in two pieces. The challenge was to craft a narrative about this stone and how it came to be. So, I came up with a little something, and I'm going to read it for you today, but the cool part about this story is that we're going to try an experiment, and if you like, you get to participate directly with us. Here's how it works. Step 1. Listen to this version of the Split Stone Saga, or any of the future versions that come out. Step 2. Take no notes at all. You can listen to any or all of the versions of the story, but don't write anything down as you do. Step 3. Record your own version of the story. Make it your tale. And Step 4. Send the story to Bob's Short Story Hour at gmail.com, and Bob will add your version to an ever growing list that will be posted on his oral storytelling website coming soon. The hope is that we can follow the way the story grows and changes over time as people hear and retell it, and I'm excited to see where this goes. And now, in collaboration with Bob's Short Story Hour. The Split Stone Saga Long ago, things were not as they are now. 
The world we know is not the same as it once was. And deep down, if you search yourself, you know it to be true already. There was a time when our world held more, much more, than the faint, fading embers of magic that now cool at the edges of our perception. This world was once saturated with energies and enigmas unnumbered. Now, without very special circumstances, and in very specific places, those powerful forces are nearly unobservable, so far wasted away they have become. Now, when we speak of magic, we speak of performers of illusions. Tall men with dark, mysterious features, defying our disbelief as they flourish and bow. And yet we know. We know somewhere inside us that the magic of stage and street corners is nothing more than misdirection. Illusions make us believe what we are seeing is real. But in days long past, forgotten by all but the stars that flicker above, illusion was simply unnecessary. Let me tell you of an age long ago, of civilizations, mystic places, and magics dying. More has been lost of that age than will ever be discovered or recounted, and so we must do what we can to see that it is not entirely forgotten. And it falls to you, you who hear, to remember and tell others what you have heard. These are not the civilizations you are thinking of. It is not the ancient Egyptians. They were mystical in their own way, but they only inherited their power, as children inheriting their parents' wealth, but with no true knowledge or discipline with which to wield it. And in their time... The might of those that came before faded in front of them. They watched it die as though a candle, slowly burning away. It is not the Incas or the Aztecs, close though they were in their relationship to the magics that wound and waned through the trees and vines that surrounded their ancestral cities. It was theirs to see, theirs to vainly grasp for a time, but it fell away like water through the fingers. In fact, it is no one you are thinking of, for no one now living, but for me and now you, have any memories of that distant time. They were before. Before Rome, before Greece, before Sumer, and Acadia, and a dozen unnamed, unremembered civilizations from the dawning of our time. How I came by this knowledge is of no consequence, but what you must know is that the world you see now is remade from remnants of a very different one. Now, when I mention mystical places, you may think of the pyramids of Giza. You may think of the Druid circles and Stonehenge. You may even think of the infamous Bermuda Triangle. And indeed, those places are mystical— they are some of the lasting vestiges of that time before our time. It is those specific places of which I spoke, where the last sparkling mists of magic remain, 
and may be glimpsed for a moment when the stars and realms above pull perfectly at the invisible strands of ether that still linger there. But again, you would not have the truth of what I mean by mystical places. Perhaps the last place you might venture to think of as a place where magic died to us, and the place where it yet remains most potent, is in fact one of the least assuming and most ancient. Worn by time, forgotten in purpose and in name, there lies a stone. There, in an old, old forest, beaten flat by eons and ice and storm, grown to a great wooded cathedral, and beaten down again, time after time immemorial, in a place now called Minnesota. That name, though, ancient itself, is not the true name of the place of clear blue water where magic passed away. That name may well be lost forever to us. The language that bore it and the tongues that spoke it are long mute. Those words were last uttered many thousands of years ago. But let us call that place, if it must have a name, the Sanctuary of the Split Stone. That great stone, which was more than merely a stone, that now lies broken in a forgotten wood in Minnesota, once held at bay the power and potential to mold the world anew, or to scour it clean. There in that place, at that time long forgotten, it was decided that neither possibility should be given over to the hands that sought it. It was decided by a few that the desire to remake the world or to rend it, and that desire alone, rendered one unworthy of the power to do so. Therefore a plan was made. Lives great and small were given over to the belief that the only way to win the war for power was to remove that power entirely from the field of battle. And those with the knowledge to do so stood in that long-ago sanctuary, spoke the needed words, paid the needed price, and watched as the cosmos gathered, and with one great press shattered the wall that held back the tide of magic. All that remains in that place is the split stone, the shattered gate itself. The torrent of energies has long ago washed over the world and dissipated. Mere trickles yet linger in the ancient places where the gates once held back that might. Egypt's Giza, Sumer's Eridu, England's Stonehenge, a certain lost city beneath the waves in an expanse of sea off the North American coast. And the split stone in its unnameable sanctuary is all that remains of perhaps the greatest civilization of them all if not in power and size, then in wisdom. For they reached beyond the struggle for power, and they saw at last what was truly at stake. That a war for power could not truly be won by winning. Of course, here, now, magic is nothing more than an amusement. Tall men with dark, mysterious features defying our disbelief as they flourish and bow. But in such ancient days as those we now remember, illusion 
was simply unnecessary.